This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When my way Precious Lord, linger near when my life is almost gone. Hear my cry, hear my call, hold my hand lest I fall. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When the darkness appears and the night draws near and the day is past and gone at the river i'll stand guide my feet hold my hand take my hand precious lord lead me home precious lord take my hand lead me on let me stand I am tired I am weak I am worn Through the storm Through the night Lead me on To the light Take my hand Precious Lord Lead me Thank you. 
through faith we will conquer though often cast down he who is our savior our strength will renew look ever to jesus he This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service, sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague, and thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tague, our musicians, Kathy Christensen, our reader and provider of the children's message, and our recording engineer is Brad Anderson. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuic.org. We want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. We have some good activities coming up this week. Uh, on the 26th, on Tuesday night, we'll have a gather meal at Deronda Lutheran at five o'clock. It's a community-wide meal, so all are welcome, and uh, serve from five to about seven. On Saturday, September 30th, Trinity Lutheran will be, uh, from 3.30 to 6.30, will be serving a pork and turkey dinner with a free will offering. And then on Wednesday night, as we're doing all through this fall, we have family jam and at 5.30 is a meal with a short worship and then a Bible study, confirmation and kids time. Last night we had uh, the opportunity to have Jenica Warner and Cody Burr be married at Little Falls and so we wish them well. And next Sunday, we will be at Trinity Lutheran for worship at 9.30. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. 
You may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross, and might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your home worship experience. It would also be good if you had a Bible or Bibles for the kids, and they can read along with the scripture readings. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence, and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit our breath of life. Amen. Call to worship is come as you are. Some of us come in fear and doubt, others in hope and joy. God's arms are open wide to receive you. Thanks be to our faithful and loving God. We confess our sins before God and one another, God of all that is. We have failed to trust you to care for us. We have tried to be our own God in our lives and the lives of others. We have not listened to your call, nor lived in faithfulness to you. We have caused harm directly and indirectly to ourselves, our neighbors, and your creation. In your infinite grace and mercy, forgive and restore us, so that with your help, we might become the people you created us to be. So hear the good news. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we are made new creations in Christ Jesus and through his selfless sacrifice. God forgives us all our sin. Walk with God in the newness of life. Amen. We'll then continue with our gatherer songs. Are we 
precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise for It is well. 
continue with the morning litany. We wake from our sleep. We are not alone. Our fears surround us. Our worries assail. We grapple with our regrets. We struggle with our shame. We cannot seem to trust that God has our back. We wrestle with God to keep control. In the end, we know we cannot win. If we do not let go, our pain will consume us. In the end, we have no choice but to turn everything over to God. And when we do, something miraculous happens. God blesses us with transformation and with peace. Let us pray. God of blessing, we often find ourselves wrestling with ourselves, with others, and with you. Give us peace in our hearts and call us back to you, who, would have us, who you would have us to be. Amen. I encourage you now to share the sign of peace where you bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today. Beginning with a touch on the forehead and using the Trinity formula, be blessed as I am blessed. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. At this time, we turn to the Holy Scriptures. If you have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn with us and Kathy and follow along with the Scripture readings. The first reading comes from Genesis 32, verses 22 through 30. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of Jacob. He took them and sent them across the stream. Likewise, everything that he had. Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on his hip socket and Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Penel, saying, for I have seen God's face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The Holy Gospel according to Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 36. Glory to you, O Lord. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be distressed and irritated or agitated. And then he said to them, I'm deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove the cup from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. It's time now to talk with the young people of the parish. Hi guys. Do you have a favorite toy? 
What would happen if that favorite toy got broken? Would you cry, scream, throw a tantrum? A long time ago, I broke a toy that belonged to my brother. It was a small little race car, and the side doors opened, and I broke one of them off. It was an accident. But now, I have to apologize to my brother, I thought. I was scared to apologize to my brother because he would be mad at me and not love me anymore. But I would still love him, and I'd be sad too. I was so angry at myself for breaking that toy, I was also angry at God for letting it all happen. Is it okay to be angry at God? What about wrestling with the idea on how to apologize to somebody? I want to read you a story from the Sparks Bible entitled, entitled Jacob Wrestles. It's paid on, paid, found on pages 46 and 47. Jacob was on his way home from a long trip and stopped to sleep by a river one night. During the night, a man woke Jacob, Jacob up and began to wrestle for, with him. Jacob was surprised. Who is this, he wondered. What does he want? After wrestling all night, the man begged Jacob to let him go. No, said Jacob, not until you've blessed me. And the man asked, what is your name? And Jacob told the man his name. Then the man blessed Jacob and said, now you have another name, Israel. It means you have wrestled with God. What a surprise, could it really be true? Jacob had not really wrestled with a man. Jacob had wrestled with God and God blessed him. Jacob hurried the rest of the way home. What a story he had to tell his family. You know, that is quite a great story. Jacob was worried because he needed to apologize to his brother for something terrible that he had done. And well, Jacob was afraid to do it. At the same time, he wrestled with having to make an apology. He also wrestled with God. And at the end, God blessed him. Remember that God doesn't think any less of us when we are angry with God because God can take it. He loves us no matter what. Just remember that. He loves us no matter what. Let us pray. Dear God, Sometimes things happen that might make me angry with you. I shouldn't be afraid to apologize to you. I know you will always love me no matter what, and I will try to do better. In your name, amen. Jesus calls his children dear, come to me and never fear, for I love the little children of the world. I will take you by the hand, lead you to a better land. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Every color, every race, covered by his grace. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus is the shepherd true, and he'll always stand by you, for he loves the little children of the world. He's a savior great and strong, and he'll shield you from the wrong, for he loves the little children of the world. Jesus loves the little children. 
children, all the children of the world. Every color, every race, all are covered by his grace. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Now may the words of my mouth and meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. The narrative where the scripture passages come, uh, I enjoyed its introduction and giving some information, so I'd like to share that with you uh, to start with and then review the uh, two scripture passages and then hopefully how it applies to us. It is precisely during the times we feel furthest from God when God gives us the chance to experience God's presence and God's grace. Both of these texts tell a story about a dark night of the soul, explicit struggle and deep suffering that manifested in one tangible and identical moment of crisis. For Jacob and for Jesus alike, the struggle can be boiled down to fear and a solution to deliverance. For Jacob and for Jesus alike, the suffering seems to be something that only they understand. You'll notice that both are surrounded by their loved ones to start, but end up fighting, grieving, without those loved ones present. For Jacob and Jesus alike, conflict manifests with God directly. Both of them know what they want from God, but both of them end up forced into a state of radical acceptance, into recognizing that what they want is not what they're going to get. Often, not getting what we want feels like the end of the line. It feels like defeat. Sometimes, not getting what we want makes us feel like God isn't listening to us. But both of these stories make it clear that God does listen to us in our trials as much in a, as in our successes, and in our terror as much as in our comfort. In fact, more than just listening, God engages us with those trials. God shows, us, shows up with praise, promises, and blessings in our seasons of fear. God gives us the chance to experience God more authentically, and more viscerally than we ever have before in times of struggle. Because that's when God knows we need that chance, that encounter, the most. This portion of Genesis tells us that God, or that Jacob, saw God face to face in his wrestling. 
If we think about that in different words, we realize that Jacob had never sensed God so clearly or been so in touch with the person and essence of God as he was when he was at his lowest. When he was lacking them, Jacob understood God's promises of provision more deeply than he ever had before. He held God accountable to those promises by demanding a blessing. God took Jacob's struggle seriously. While God might not have been the cause of Jacob's fear, God recognized and legitimized it and literally absorbed a portion of it on the ground with Jacob. And then God blessed him. It's harder to feel this satisfaction, this blessing in our gospel text because we as readers know that Jesus is captured in the garden and taken to his death on the cross shortly after. But we also know that Jesus was resurrected on the third day and brought to heaven, defeating death itself and bringing blessing and redemption to the entire world. Not getting what we want is hard, and sometimes it involves very high stakes. But not getting what we want isn't always the end of the line for us. Often not getting what we want is part of our journey. Not getting what we want prompts foundational encounters with the God who made us and who continues to meet us with grace. I really appreciated what they wrote there. So many times at our lowest, we struggle the most and we wonder, is God really there? Jacob was at a low point. He was meeting a brother who he had deceitfully taken away his blessing and his inheritance. He was meeting a brother who was bigger than he was a hunter and probably wasn't too much afraid of Jacob, who was fairer and more, how would you say, not quite as masculine as, as Esau was. It was a big decision to go meet with Esau. He was hoping for reconciliation but he realized it may not be reconciliation, but could be the death of him. So he struggles that night with all the fears and the big decision that is ahead. Jesus, of course, was wrestling with the will of the Father. And yet as we hear this story, again we see the major event that followed makes all the difference for us. In the big picture, it was huge. You and I, low points, wrestling with our fears. What is it like? Wrestling with our past, maybe our present, or even our future. What's going to happen? Is there even a future? Is the present so miserable we don't know if we want to go on? Where is God in the midst of this? I'm going to read a short story written by Paul Brand, Brand and Phil Yancey. And it's called Belonging. I'll try to make some sense out of this after we're done. John Carmigan came to me in Valor, India as a leprosy patient in an advanced state of the disease. We could do little for him surgically since both his feet and hands had already been damaged irreparably. We could, however, offer him a place to stay in employment in the New Life Center. 
because of one-sided facial paralysis, John could not smile normally. When he tried, the uneven distortion of his features would draw attention to his paralysis. People often responded with a gasp or a gesture of fear, so he learned not to smile. Margaret, my wife, had stitched his eyelids partly closed to protect his sight. John grew more and more paranoid about what others thought of him. He caused terrible problems socially because in reaction to his marred appearance, he expressed his anger at the world by acting the part of a troublemaker. And I remember many tense scenes in which we had to confront John with some evidence of stealing and dishonesty. He treated fellow patients cruelly and resisted all authority, going so far as to organize hunger strikes against us. But almost anyone's, by almost anyone's reckoning, he was beyond rehabilitation. Perhaps John's irredeemability attracted my mother to him, for she often latched into the least desirable specimens of humanity. She took to John, spent time with him, and eventually led him into the Christian faith. He was baptized in a cement tank on the grounds of the Leposarium. Conversion, however, did not temper John's high dudgeon against the world. He gained more friends among fellow patients, but a lifetime of rejection and mistreatment had permanently embittered him against all non-patients. One day, almost defiantly, he asked me what would happen if he went to the local Tamil church in Valor. So I went to the leaders of the church, described John, and assured them that despite obvious deformities, he had entered a safe phase of the arrested disease and would not endanger the congregation. They agreed he could visit. Can he take communion, I asked, knowing that the church used a common cup. They looked at each other, thought for a moment, and agreed that he could also take communion. Shortly thereafter, I took John to the church, which met in a plain, whitewashed brick building and a corrugated iron roof. It was a tense moment for him. Those of us on the outside can hardly imagine the trauma and paranoia inside a leprosy patient who attempts for the first time to enter that kind of setting. I stood with him in the back of the church. His paralyzed face showed no reaction, but a trembling gave way his inner turmoil. I prayed silently that no church member would show the slightest hint of rejection. As we entered during the singing of the first hymn, an Indian man toward the back half turned and saw us, and we must have made an odd couple, a white person standing next to a leprosy patient with patches of his skin in garish disarray. I held my breath. And then it happened. The man put down his hymnal, smiled broadly, and patted the chair next to him, inviting John to join him. John could not have been more startled. Haltingly, he made shuffling half-steps to the row and took his seat. I breathed a prayer of thanks. That one incident proved to be the turning point of John's life. Years later, I visited Valor and made a side trip to a factory that had been set up to employ disabled people. The manager wanted to show me a machine that produced tiny screws for typewriter parts. As we walked through the noisy plant, he, showed, he shouted at me that he would introduce me to his prize employee, a man who had just won the parent corporation's All India 
prize for the highest quality of work with fewest rejects. As we arrived at his workstation, the employee turned to greet us, and I saw the unmistakable crooked face of John Carmigan. He wiped the grease off his stumpy hand and grinned with the ugliest and loveliest, most radiant smile I had ever seen. He held out for my inspection a palm hole of small precision screws that had won him the prize. You see, a simple gesture of acceptance may not seem like much, but for John Carrigan, it proved decisive. After a lifetime of being judged on his own physical image, he had finally been welcomed on the basis of another image. I had seen a replay of Christ's own reconciliation. His spirit had prompted the body on earth to adopt a new member, and at last John knew he belonged. You see, when we get into low points, and you think of John Carmigan, a life full of rejection. It wasn't the huge thing that people always make, but it was a member of a church that is unnamed who smiled, patted the bed chair, and welcomed him. At that low point of John's life, he was transformed by acceptance, by a God of grace, and by his people of grace on earth. You and I have the important task that in the midst of some of our hard times, we might be encountering the things that will change our life or someone else's. Because you see, at low points, God is at work just as in when there are good times and everything seems to be going just right. And the consequences are important for us and to others. So how do we as a people wrestle with the truths of scripture, with the will of God about who we are to be and what our future may hold? Little decisions can bring about important consequences and results. So don't be afraid of the wrestling or the struggle. Be afraid of not ever wrestling with the truth, to know it better and to live it in all that we do. Amen. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine
confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. gratitude for our whole selves, created in your image and made new in Christ, Christ, we pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need. God of blessing, you gave Jacob a new name and a new purpose, bringing reconciliation with his brother and a renewal of your covenant promise. Help us in our struggles. Heal our relationships and inspire us to new ways to be of love and service to you and our neighbors. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. You separated the oceans, carved out lakes and rivers, and established the network of wetlands and watersheds across the world. Make us ever mindful of our dependence on this life-giving water and inspire us to work diligently to ensure all people have access to it. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. Give all who lead the humility to accept the challenges that we face and the persistence to address those challenges however long it takes. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. We uplift those whose difficulties have left them wounded in mind or body, especially Kelsey Zamuda, Joyce Anderson, Ron Lee, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Jim Wade, Owen Cordy, Ori Nicholson, Helen Erickson, Julie Dubois, Scott Morgan, Matt Crerup, Randy Goglin, Ida Martinson, Jim Curtis, Helen Jorgensen, Becky Anderson, Shirley Lenz, Dave Christensen, Dean Muse, Jean Hoisington, Halen Hoisington, Diane and Pete Fall, and Viola Haugrud. Hold and comfort them that they might find strength to walk through their difficulties. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. 
spur us to stand with those who are victims of systemic racism and whose lives and communities are torn apart by both internal and state violence. Teach us how to take action to bring change to our deeply flawed society. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. We remember the saints who by their example showed us how to persist in the face of struggles, always trusting in you to give them strength. May we too persevere as they modeled for us until we see them again at the end of all things. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. We place in your loving arms these, our prayers, spoken and unspoken, trusting in your boundless mercy through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. We'll continue with the offering prayer. Generous God, you bless us with riches beyond measure. Accept now these gifts that we offer, returning to you what you have first given us. Use them as a blessing to others in our communities and around the world. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting
Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path goes from day to day, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms.
thy great salvation so rich and listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amor, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. Lean weary one.